Today on the Everyday Explorer podcast, we're joined by Katrinka Sasha, and we're talking all things photography. As an avid film and digital photographer, Katrinka has plenty of experience and advice to share about taking pictures and how it can help you to pay more attention when traveling. You're sure to be inspired by the stories we tell in this episode and start snapping photos yourself. Welcome to the Everyday Explorer podcast, a series that inspires you to discover your doorstep and beyond on a daily basis. This podcast is brought to you by gottakeepmoving.com and I'm your host, Emma Higgins. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Explorer podcast. This week, I'm joined by Katrinka. Hi, Katrinka. Hello. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm so excited about what we're talking about today. For the minute, I want you to introduce you. So you are writer, photographer, blogger, a bit of everything. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about what you do? Sure. So I write a travel blog called Katrinka Abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, I shoot film photography, analog photography, which I've been doing for quite a long time. So my blog is all about travel and stories and analog photography. Um, I also do some other travel writing and I also work for a company called Context Travel and I run their program in Istanbul and Athens. And they do tours, right? Yes, they do small cultural walking tours led by scholars and experts. Scholars? Mm -hmm. Oh, I imagine he would like have a moustache and a hat if I was led around by a scholar. (laughs) It's as stumble as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you kind of do a bit of everything. And to also put the listeners in context, I've actually travelled all the way to Istanbul (laughs) specifically to record this podcast. So that's where where we're broadcasting from, which is very exciting. It's my first time here. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'd say you're an expert photographer. And now you're going to say, no, but I think you are. So that's why we're talking about photography today, which is really exciting because it's a subject that we both love. And I think you could talk about forever. Probably, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Should be careful. (laughs) Stay within uh, the correct minutes for this podcast. And you do a lot of um, different cameras and things like that, which I think not enough people do anymore. Yes. Well, the fun thing about analog is you only have so many pictures per camera Mm -hmm. and you only have... It's sort of having like one setting for an entire roll of film. So yeah. multiple cameras, it's just a different way of playing with what you're getting. Yeah. It's like, I think with analog photography, it's like doing all the post-processing editing you would do in digital before you ever take the picture. Because mm. you decide what film you're going to use, what settings, like what kind of camera, all that stuff that you would tweak later, you you make up your mind about it before you take the picture. Yeah. And I think that's after I met you. Uh, which was now, is it a year and a half ago? Yeah, like a year and a year half, and half ago. ago in Athens. I got inspired to buy a couple <laughs> of... No, but I did. I got inspired to buy a couple of film cameras. And then the second I got home, message you straight away. Going, I've got my cameras. <laughs> and then when I got my first set of photos developed, that's something you sent to me because I messaged you and I was like, I don't have to edit any of these. <laughs> I was like, no, no, you did it all. Yeah, they, they look like... The way I would edit my pictures anyway. Mm-hmm. So that was wonderful because that took out a lot of work. <laughs> How many cameras do you have now? <laughs> I know your podcast people can't see it, but they're actually right behind you. There's uh Oh yeah. 
maybe like half a dozen, but not all of them work that well. So there's one that I use primarily, which is a Praktika, which is an old camera from East Germany, mm-hmm. um, and is a very well-built machine. Um, I use a Holga, which is a little plastic toy camera, yeah. um, and is <laughs> sort of it. known for being very lo-fi and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I have a Yashica mat 124 which is a tlr so it is one that you look down into and it has two lenses twin lens twin lens reflex rather than single lens reflex Mm -hmm. and like a handful of other ones that are sort of broken some of the time but (laughs) (laughs) but i use my practica mostly so yeah i have a bunch but uh it might be more hoarding tendencies than photography (laughs) tendencies (laughs) no that's the thing i don't use mine that often but i like to have them there yeah and in a place where i can see them yeah exactly they are really pretty (laughs) they're really pretty (laughs) and you have some nice straps on yours which i like yeah i got them uh in a bazaar my i call it my dad's strap like it looks like (laughs) something a like a dad would have from the 70s gift to me it's not actually my dad's camera strap but but i get what you mean yeah it could be it definitely could be. For the benefit of the listeners, it's like a orange, like orange. <laughs> And it, what you would imagine a 70s camera strap would look like. Yeah. But it's beautiful. Thank you. And today we're going to be talking about photography, obviously. Uh, and more specifically, how photography or being a photographer can help you have a more immersive travel experience. Would you say you agree with that, Katrinka? I, I do agree with that, in fact. <laughs> Good, that's why I got you on here, because I know you'd agree with me. <laughs> um, I find, for me, because I'm always thinking about pictures, it is an obsession of mine, mm-hmm. but I find that when I go out specifically to take pictures, not just in my day-to-day, it makes me walk slower, it makes me look closer. Like, I, I find myself paying more attention to details, mm-hmm. And also sort of sometimes stopping to watch people and wait for people to move in a certain way or do a certain thing. And in my day-to-day life, sometimes I forget to do this because from, I'm from Boston. I'm from the East Coast of the U.S. Uh, we walk very fast <laughs> and very in a very focused way. And sometimes I find myself rushing, rushing, rushing. And then I remind myself, like, if I want to get pictures, I should stop and observe and pay a little bit closer attention. And the nice thing about shooting film, but I do it with my iPhone as well, but when I shoot film, because there are only so many pictures I can take, it is a more deliberate process anyway. Yeah. So I, I personally enjoy that challenge. It's why I shoot film. But uh, <laughs> but um, even with digital, there's no reason you have to take zillions of pictures just because mm-hmm. you can. I think yeah. it's applicable to all kinds of photography to slow down and pay close attention mm-hmm. and try and take in the things around you yeah definitely I always find myself if I'm out with a camera there are things that I'm looking out for that I just wouldn't even think to look out for if I didn't have a camera in my bag or in my hand and I think it really has changed my perception of traveling so much especially in the last couple of years where I feel like I've got into it a lot more or just feel like maybe I'm taking better pictures (laughs) than I was maybe a couple of years ago and learn the things that I like to look out for so like you said I like to look out for people in certain if I see someone that looks interesting I want to wait for them to do something that would be kind of photo worthy or look like a cool picture yeah and I think that is a lot of it um the more you learn to play around with photography is to realize that a lot of it is waiting for the scene in front of you to shift itself into something that would be really cool to take a picture of yes exactly waiting for something to unravel in front of you 
instead of kind of like just wandering by and taking a picture and then moving on like I've realized in the last maybe six months how much waiting yeah <laughs> it is it's you have to wait you have to observe yeah um I mean you don't have to there's no there's no real rules but yeah. like you you see a lot more when you observe mm-hmm. and take your time Another thing that's just only slightly related, but kind of related, once I was walking with a photographer, a very good photographer, and I had my camera around my shoulder, and he looked at me, and he looked at the camera, and he said, take your lens cap off. Because normally, I, you know, it's on my shoulder or on, or on me, and I'm worried about the lens getting scratched or yeah. whatever. He said, if you have your lens cap on, you're going to miss the moment you want to take the picture. Yeah, that's like another second that you're yeah. going to miss it. And I, like, he, he, at the time I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> Just but like you're like, stubborn again. Oh, don't tell me what to do with yeah. your own camera. But he was totally right. And so now I do try and... When I'm going to take pictures, I try to actually like make sure my camera is in a position to take the picture. Mm. Like like now I carry it around my neck more often rather than my shoulder. And yeah. I take the lens cap off. And like because I shoot with this old camera, I still have to focus it. It's not autofocus or right. anything. But still it's saving me that that moment yeah I can't even begin to count the amount of times I've lost a moment because I've had to take lens caps off or or like fling it around because it's usually hanging off my back right exactly (laughs) so like flinging it around then I think oh I've missed it it's gone it's too late yeah that just upsets me (laughs) or like with my because I shoot with my iPhone a lot as well Mm -hmm. um because I use that for my Instagram and like there is a difference between having it in my hand and having it in my pocket yeah. It's not a giant difference, but sometimes it's the difference. It's the difference, yeah. I mean, sometimes it can be make or break between the two. Yeah. So, definitely. So it's been interesting. It's But, like, you figure out what works for you, depending on mm. what you want to take pictures of, of course. Yeah, definitely. I like doing, yeah, people stuff. I mean, today I was in the Aya Sophia and was waiting in this one spot for probably 15 minutes. Uh, there was a really nice lantern and those gold... They're not gates, but it's gold bits that are cut out. Yeah, I think I know. Um, whatever, yeah, whatever things, they are. gold things. Yeah, and I was waiting for the right person, wearing the right thing to walk by, and it'd be the because it was really quiet today, which never happens. But it was really quiet because it was just a miserable day. Yeah, stood there waiting for someone appropriate to walk by, and I quite yeah. like striding shots as well. So I was oh, like, yeah. come on. I think I got a couple, but we'll have to see when I actually manage to look at the photos. Yeah, but I'm always um, really grateful for people in, like, red coats. <laughs> they always look great in pictures. Yeah, because that kind of just stands out, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think that's why I've noticed so much more in terms of my, my travels have really changed because of the way I take pictures. I find I am really attuned to light like, yeah. and the way light is moving or the way it's touching things, so... I was in Berlin a couple of weeks ago for work, and we were on the museum island where uh, we're going to the Noise Museum, which has a lot of Egypt stuff. But it had been really, really dreary, Mm -hmm. but the sun had just started to come out, and we're walking, and there's this sort of of walkway between a few pillars on either side. We're walking outside of it, and I just turned to my coworkers and I said, 
shadows and jumped because the light had the sun had come out and all those pillars were making these like crazy diagonal shadows and there's people walking and like before they even knew what had happened i was out with like the phone and my camera just taking pictures because it was so perfect yeah the light was so perfect i think i've actually seen those pictures let me put them on yeah Yeah. i remember seeing that picture a couple of weeks ago ago and thinking she must have leapt out of her skin like i would have been like let's do this come on and of course then my coworkers came over and were also taking pictures but i was so i was like in the zone i was waiting for this light yeah and like gray skies can be perfect too like it depends on what you're shooting Mm -hmm. but those pillars with that light it was just all i could see it was like i just started seeing in 2d i just saw (laughs) diagonals yeah i was like oh yeah like more of that (laughs) yeah that is like photo porn for a photographer (laughs) it's like that golden moment and and afterwards he just feels so like yes i got that shot and i was there at the right time and it feels good and yeah it makes you pay attention Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of the things I learn about little cultural quirks as well are through watching people just in the way that people like order coffee or I don't know interact with each other like their hand gestures and things like that because I'm looking at them through a lens because I'm waiting for the for a good photo yeah but I can pick up but you pick up on a lot of things like that that if you were just walking past and maybe had your neck craned up at a monument or buried in a map or something like that you don't see those everyday little quirks in people yeah. because you're not you're not thinking to look out for them, whereas if you've got a camera with you, it kind of you're almost really desperate to find them. Yeah, a lot more desperate it's like to a find more them. intense form of looking. Like you really find yourself actively looking. Yeah, definitely. Not passively looking. Yeah, which is great. It's a great way to to see life. And what I like about shooting film for me is that I can't see the picture right after I take it. Right. So, and I find it spills over when I use my iPhone as well because I usually don't look at the picture after mm-hmm. right after I take it because in my with my film cameras I can't so I'm waiting for the moment I take the picture and then I don't miss the rest of the moments because I'm like looking back down at the camera yeah like for me taking the picture at that in that time that's the end point yeah later I get the film back and I go through the pictures and stuff but yeah. the observing leads to the picture Right. Not leads to a picture. Oh, did that come out well? Oh, and then looking, it. yeah. <laughs> like... Well, my camera is, as I've mentioned to you before, my camera has been broken for four years. And that screen, <laughs> that screen has impressive. been... <laughs> I know. I've, I don't really... I've been so poor <laughs> um, that I haven't replaced it until like two weeks ago, which I am thrilled about. But I haven't... That, that screen has been cracked oh. for four years. So I've never been able to look at my yeah. pictures. And... Um, now I've got my new one and I've taken a few snaps with it. I did. I do get a thrill out of being able to see it straight oh, away. It's like, oh, I can see it now. But I think when I was out and about, I still wouldn't look. Yeah. It's actually taught me to be um, really careful with how, and I, I think this is something we should like touch on with this too, is being really careful about how to balance taking pictures and, and looking at things through a lens and actually looking at things yourself. Yeah, I think it's important. You can be, you can be too absorbed in taking pictures that you're not actually taking time to just view with your own eyes. Oh yeah, that's definitely true. And there's sometimes that I consciously decide to not take pictures. Yeah, depending on the situation and the moment or whatever. And my my practica is very loud. Mm-hmm. Like I love it, but it is like I'm very I'm very hard to lose when I'm taking pictures with that camera. <laughs> it's very loud, and so it means there are some places where it it's noticed. So, like, in Istanbul, I've realized it's not a great camera for mosques. Right. Because 
people get like a shit about I mean, people that. are very nice about it. Like, especially the mosques and stuff. Like, people know there are tourists. Mm-hmm. But when there's a mosque I really like here called um, Rustem Pasha, which is really small and is covered in beautiful tiles. It's really beautiful. I've been there a zillion times. And I went with my camera and I realized, like, yeah, there's a few people praying, there's a bunch of tourists, but because it is so small, that thwack that my camera makes sounds like it just echoes. Yeah. And I feel bad. Like, I don't think that people really care that much. They're mm-hmm. used to it, but I feel bad. So I'm much more careful about that sort of thing. Yeah. And there are just sometimes, like, say when I'm with friends or when I'm having more personal moments where I think... I might want to capture these moments, but I have, but like, I'd rather be in this moment. Yeah. And so sometimes I look back, I think, oh, I had such a nice time. I didn't get any pictures. And it's like, you know, it's actually, and that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I write too, because there's only so much I can capture with my camera mm-hmm. and some things are better for me are better shared by trying to articulate them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, it's been interesting for me because I've been a photographer for a long time and a writer for a much shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's really fun for me to try to figure out which moments fit which form yeah Yeah, I think there's a few places where I've been where I've just thought actually you know what I just I don't really want to take pictures now (laughs) or if it's something that's photographed a gazillion times I think well what's the point Um, because I also kind of get in blogger mode and you want a picture that no one's really taken before I don't know if that exists but but a moment that's not captured that often like when I was walking in the square today between the blue mosque and Hagia Sophia I was like is there a point of taking a picture of the outside of this or shall I just put my camera down for a minute and look at it with my own eyes to try and absorb the moment and just take a picture of it on my brain? I'm going to take it as a given that Istanbul is one of your favourite cities to take pictures of. It is. It's an incredibly generous city for photographers. Definitely is. I've been here for a day and I'm just like, there's so much. There's so much. There's so many layers. There's so much history. There are so many people. Mm. But you maybe haven't gotten this because it's it's been very dreary the last day that you've been Miserable. here. But the light in this city is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I think... I think partially it's because of the water, because we have the Bosphorus and the Sea of Marmara, mm-hmm. and the light reflects off of it in these crazy ways. So our sunsets are just sometimes mind-blowing, mm-hmm. because you're not just getting the sky, which is already incredible because you have the birds and the minarets and whatever, mm-hmm. but you also have all of it reflecting off of the water. So it's like having wow. twice as much of it. Yep. I, knew, I know photographers who have told me they came here because they saw pictures and thought, Where, how can I get in on that light? Like, that yeah. light is amazing. And with so many people, there's always just, there's so many faces, like, Turkish people just on their own are so diverse, because Turkey is really big, and a lot of, and it, to go to the cliche, it's a crossroads of the world, like, just so many cultures have passed through Istanbul, and left their mark, uh, genetically even, though, like, Turks are not monolithic, Turks look many, many different ways. Mm. Plus, then you have all these people from all these other different places who look different from Turks. So I find the faces of people here can just be so fascinating because yeah. they're not the same. No one is the same. I mean, of course, everywhere, no one is the same, but like, like sometimes I see these old men with really wrinkly skin and white hair and just like crazy blue eyes. Mad. Like, <laughs> like piercing crazy blue eyes. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, and they'll be next to someone who is maybe much darker and tall and thin and then Mm -hmm. you see like beautiful girls with crazy curly hair and like bright green eyes you just see all these different kinds of faces living all these very different kinds of lives so people wise it's an incredibly good city for people Mm -hmm. watching 
then you have like empires on empires on empires on ugly 70s architecture on ruins on everything like you there's just so many layers so that's a very long-winded way of saying yes Istanbul <laughs> is one of my favorite places to photograph we like long-winded on this podcast <laughs> because you give so many good reasons for it um i'm trying to think of my favorite places to photograph but i honestly think like anywhere but i like countryside because i think very good I'm, i think I'm just very British in that way. <laughs> and I live in Wiltshire, so, which is very, I mean, no one really goes. In terms of tourism, there is none, apart from Stonehenge. So I don't really get much people practice when it comes to uh, photography, which is why I get really excited when I come to a city like this, because I'm like, there are so many people. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to like rolling hills and light hitting hills, my, see my thing with photography is chasing clouds and chasing nice. cloud and chasing cloud cover. Because if you can see a hill in the distance, the cloud, you can see the shape of the clouds in the shadow that's on it. You run and you get a picture of that hill. <laughs> I've awesome. done a lot of running across the British countryside. Like, that would be a great I video. To- <laughs> yeah. Just try to a vlog <laughs> kind of like you know that maybe twisted when they chase tornadoes I'm <laughs> chasing cloud cover that's awesome <laughs> uh, I've done a lot of running across hills and up hills um, and down hills um, maybe maybe I've lost a few calories doing so I like to think so but maybe not that, those are the moments that I often find myself uh, trying to catch there's a double page spread in my book that illustrates this point perfectly um, my book which is a year in the UK and Ireland it's on the website gotta keep moving.com forward slash magazine um which is of the late i had to plug it which is of the late district i remember i actually pulled over <laughs> it was probably a dangerous pulling over in my car i screeched the brakes on pulled over to the side because it was obviously the late district is a, it's an easy place to take good countryside photos because it's absolutely gorgeous but there was all these hills and it was a really dreary day but it was just one of those moments where the clouds parted in exactly the right place and it literally just threw beams down on this oh one tree God. and it was like, I have to stop. So I pulled over and, and took many. And I, and I stand there, just keep taking them until, you know, one of them will probably come out the best. And then watch the clouds move over just in case it catches something else that's in the shadows that I can't see. Yeah. So I think that photography has helped me find a lot of really great views that I wouldn't have pulled over to look at or even found in the first place because sometimes I if I don't really know what I'm doing that day I'll just drive upwards yeah (laughs) let's just drive up these hills and I'm sure some great pictures will be at the top yeah and you know I'm actually I 100% admit that I will sometimes see locations on Pinterest on the internet whatever and plan trips there to take pictures Mm -hmm. so I do this in Istanbul and in the US and what I travel so one in the US that I did my parents live in California, so and my sister lives in Los Angeles. My parents are in the Bay Area. So I was with my sister in Los Angeles, and we had heard of this place called Salvation Mountain. Oh, I love your pictures from this place! <laughs> so we had been talking about this for years, actually, because we saw pictures of it. It's like this crazy folk art Jesus thing in the desert. Like, this guy just painted this mountain with color and hearts and shapes and things, and... He died maybe like two years ago, but people maintain it. Mm-hmm. And it's just in the middle of nowhere, this crazy painted mountain. So we saw pictures of it and we're like, oh yeah, we, we, have, we have to, to go. go. That's a given. So this year we finally did it. We finally drove from LA into the desert just to take pictures. And it was totally worth it because we would never have gone there mm-hmm. if we hadn't wanted to take pictures. Yeah. And the journey itself 
getting there was its own adventure and we saw a lot of interesting things along the way and being there like it wasn't just like oh now we're here to take the same pictures as everyone else it was like it, it was a place to play yeah and you know we planned to take pictures like i wore this really beautiful dress cuz i knew that it would be photographed but like <laughs> yeah. but then it was windy it was this long it was a maxi dress and so it was windy so my skirt is blowing out and oh, we're just like beautiful. frolicking over this mountain taking pictures mm-hmm. and it was so much fun yeah. but it was a trip that was based on a photographic adventure yeah I do this here too. There's a mosque on the outskirts of Istanbul. And I mean outskirts. It took me two and a half hours to get there. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's still technically Istanbul. And this was really? in the middle of the day on a weekday. So it's not even, <laughs> it's not rush hour. Yeah. Two and a half hours. But wow. it's this m- very modern underground mosque that was only maybe three or four years old. Wow. And I saw a picture of it when I first moved here. I thought, oh my God, I have to go take a picture of this place. Yeah. Because it's, like, way out there, it took me a couple of years. But uh, but I finally went. I went with a friend who's as crazy as I am just to take pictures. And it was... Not only was it totally worth it, because it is really spectacular, but when we got there, there were some guys in the mosque, and, you know, we didn't want to disturb them because we were, like, I have a loud camera, and we're there to take pictures. <laughs> and so at one point, one of them came over to us, and I was like, oh, he's going to yell at us for taking pictures. And then he spoke English, and it turns out he wanted us to move because... They were all taking pictures and video, <laughs> and he has to get out of the shot. Everyone in this mosque was taking pictures or video. Oh. <laughs> so I, I didn't feel as bad at that point. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it was I just, it was one of those things that I know people who are Turkish, who have lived here their whole lives, who have never gone there, mm-hmm. because it's so far out. Yeah. But for me, it was like, this is a little adventure in the city I live in for photography. Like, mm-hmm. It was the incentive to get me to actually go all the way out yeah. there. And because of Instagram, it's just fun to share pictures of like I've been to. It's of like course, you can indulge I mean, in that moment, which I'm I love. I'm a full photographer, but the instant gratification is great. Like it's <laughs> it's nice to have beautiful pictures that people are like, I like that. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> There's no denying it. Everyone loves that. Of I know course. it sounds a bit funny to say, but I think it's a moment that is allowed to be indulged. Oh in. sure. And, and I've made friends through Instagram who live in this city. Yeah. Which is just fantastic. It's not even. It's not even just gratification. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Network building and stuff. It definitely is. Definitely is. So what would you say your best advice is to someone on where to start with paying more attention through pictures? Um, okay, I'm going to start even at like the negative one step. Yeah. Is to not get hung up on what kind of camera you're using. Love that you've mentioned that. <laughs> Love actually, yeah, because I, I was someone that really did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people do. Right? There's so many digital cameras. There's so much equipment. Mm-hmm. But like... The iPhone is an amazing tool. Unbelievable. It's an amazing camera. And the... Okay, I have an iPhone, which is why I'm saying iPhone. But, like, many of the smartphones that are available are respectable cameras. Like, they are cameras. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could just have a phone, and that's fine. I shoot film, which I think sometimes sounds like it's really difficult. But film is so easy because there are not that many settings. Like, my camera has, like... I'm sure people can do intense things with it, but like I, there's basically three settings I use. Yeah. So don't get hung up on the camera. You don't need a fancy camera. Like you just need something that takes pictures. Yeah. And also remember that, okay, so if someone with a super fancy camera is taking these beautiful pictures, they have edited those like crazy, crazy. afterwards. So don't presume that because they've got beautiful pictures, it's because of their camera. Yeah. It is probably 
60% because of their editing afterwards. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> when I look at too many pictures that have been heavily edited, that's when I start using my little holder camera, which always comes out blurry and light leaky, and because it's like my personal way of just reminding myself perfect pictures are not what I want. <laughs> They're not important. <laughs> yeah. It's about the mood. So, okay, yeah, negative that's... one is don't get hung up on your camera. Yeah. And then I would say that go out deliberately. Mm-hmm. Say to yourself, like, I am going to take a walk. It can be in the neighborhood you've lived in forever. It's probably better, actually, if it's in the neighborhood you've lived in forever. And say, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to observe and take pictures. And I'm going to look at things I've seen a zillion times, and I'm going to try and see them Mm -hmm. and see them differently. Mm -hmm. Like, why is my corner worth taking a picture of? Because if you live there, it's easy to forget. Yeah. But if someone visits, they they might notice something you haven't. So try and put yourself in that position where everything is new, even if everything isn't. Um, I love that. Because it's easy when you go somewhere you've never been before. Like, yeah. that's the easiest time to take pictures. Mm-hmm. But if you can do it in your own neighborhood, you can do it anywhere. Um, yeah, these are often the places that we literally just pass on the way to work and on the way back from work and regularly. And there's a presumption that you know that place, so it's not worth taking a picture of. Yeah. But you also don't know the people <laughs> that are walking by. Exactly. And, okay, so maybe you've gone out and taken pictures of it and you're like, okay, I've done that. It can still, on any given day, it can still look different. Yeah. So there's just so much opportunity around where you live. And you're right, it's a good place to start. Where you live is a great place to start, especially in terms of discovering more through pictures um, because you don't have to go anywhere. Mm. You don't have to hop on a flight or whatever. It's a it's a really great way of paying attention to something that you think that you know, like the back of your hand, because I yeah. bet you... You don't. <laughs> yeah. And even if you're discovering new things, because it is a place you're familiar with, you are bringing some sort of insight to it. Yeah. Like, this is, I, I love having people visit me in my neighborhood here because I always notice through them things that I haven't noticed in my own neighborhood. Yeah. And the pictures they take, the things they point out are so different from the things that maybe I would photograph. And so I realize like they're bringing their own perspective to it and I'm bringing a different one and they're both legitimate. They're just different. And so it's, it's a good way to sort of see my neighborhood fresh, but also to be like, okay, the way I see this neighborhood is informed by the fact that it's familiar to me. Yeah. And I, and that's a good thing. Like, even if I walk this street a zillion, bazillion, jillion times, like, still, there's something I'm going to see that is informed by the fact that I'm seeing it. Mm -hmm. That's me. Yeah. And like, I'm still a foreigner. It's my neighborhood, but I'm still not Turkish. Yeah. So there's still things I'm missing. Yeah. Just so much opportunity. And if you're in a position where you can't travel because of money or responsibilities or jobs that you have to stay in, things like that, going out to take pictures is just such a nice little thrill to feel like you're somewhere where you don't know. Oh, yeah. If you step out your door and say, I'm going to pretend like I've not been here before and take pictures like I've not been here before, you're going to feel like you're traveling without having to go anywhere. Yeah. Which is what this, I mean, that's what this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. Having a camera in your hand we can just like 100% change. Yeah, it gives walks oh, yeah. purpose sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Like, I love walking anyway. I'm, I walk all the time, but sometimes it's nice to say, okay, I'm going to take a photo walk. Like, I'm yeah, going to take yeah, a walk different. to take pictures. Mm-hmm. It gives it a, a sort of a goal. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Okay, so on that note, where can the listeners catch up with you? There's a few places. The main place would be my blog, which is katrinkaabroad.com. Mm-hmm. I'm also on Instagram. I actually have two Instagram accounts. My main both, one... Both worth following. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> my main one is at, at sign, mm-hmm. Katrinka Sasha. That's my main one. That's mostly iPhone shots. I've been, I've used that one for a while. 
I also have one that is just for my film photography, which is at Katrinka Film. Mm -hmm. So Katrinka Sasha and Katrinka Film. That one is newer since Instagram made it so I didn't have to just post squares. I started using that one. Both are, they're different. It's probably worth looking at both because they are different. They are, yeah. I can vouch for that because I follow <laughs> both. <laughs> I'm also on Facebook. It's the same as my blog, Katrinka Abroad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I live in Istanbul, so if you, you know, but it's a city, big city, you probably can't find me here. <laughs> find me on the internet. Bump, bump, bump into Katrinka on the street. Okay. You might do in Katakova because she loves it that much. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for joining me. That was such a great chat. Oh, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Ah, so much fun. <laughs> Thanks. Visit gottakeepmoving.com forward slash podcast to learn more about Katrinka and find links to her beautiful photography. In the notes, you'll also find a link to a post we wrote called How to Use Instagram for Travel Planning, which offers advice on how to use our favourite photo platform as a resource for travel tips. That's gotta keep moving.com forward slash podcast.